we are talking pet chat. Now, Cheryl Shaw, you've come in today and you said, look, we're going to talk about dogs and jackets, whether we should or shouldn't use them in the winter. That's right, because some dogs should have a jacket and some dogs shouldn't. And just to let you know, we need to make sure that in the winter weather we do keep our dogs warm and comfortable. But it doesn't always mean that a dog has to wear a jacket. Look, dog clothing is really big business. It's huge business. And people go out, they buy all sorts of things from, you know, those little pyjamas for dogs to fancy dress to jumpsuits, things that, um, hoodies, really snuggle styles. And, you know, even at Harrods, once a year, they have a fashion show for dogs. So we're talking lots of coats. But whether you should put that coat on your dog, you really need to look at it. If you've got a whippet or a greyhound, a dog like that that doesn't have a lot of fur, that's ideal because those dogs don't have enough covering in their own coat to help them feel nice and warm. So that's a dog that, you know, often a whippet, if you think about it, or a greyhound likes to snuggle. So putting a jacket on them's fine. But when you're fitting a jacket, you need to make sure that it's not rubbing on the dog, particularly under the dog's front um, legs, because if the dog has trying to move its legs, that often there's a lot of friction when they're moving, and if it's tight, it's going to rub or chafe that dog. So making sure when you're buying a jacket, particularly if you're buying them online, that it's the right size and the right fit for your dog. That's really important. Um, These breeds that have not a lot of covering, like Chihuahuas, they do feel the cold. You can sometimes see them sitting there shivering. So if your dog is shivering, obviously you can, you know, think about what you can put on them. But make sure that you're not getting a jacket that is really um, bulky or too thick, that the dog can't move comfortably. And there are some dogs, when you put on a jacket, they actually freeze. They go like a little statue and won't walk. So if you've Ah. got a dog like that... You need to respect that that dog is freaked out. It doesn't want that extra, you know, layer on it. So please don't, you know, force that dog to make it feel uncomfortable. Because it must be awful when they hate it and they can't get it off themselves. Yeah. That would be horrible. And so often people think it's funny. You know, they say, oh, watch my dog. You know, when I put this on it, it freezes. But you're making that dog feel terribly uncomfortable. So, yeah, I wouldn't ever recommend a dog that, you know, doesn't want to move. It's feeling really, you know, very, very vulnerable. So, yeah, I wouldn't put a jacket on a dog like that. There are other dogs that you um, wouldn't put a jacket on either. Um, breeds like Siberian Huskies, German mm. Shepherd dogs, dogs that have a lot of coat. Now, they're designed to insulate their dog's body. So in the summertime, they lose that undercoat, and then in the wintertime, they grow nice thick coat. If you add a coat or a jacket onto these breeds of dogs, it actually can overheat them. So their insulation doesn't work properly, and the dog can get overheated. And, of course, when there's overheating in dogs, you'll often end up going to see Kimberley because we have, <laughs> you know, issues which can be detrimental to the dog's health. And do you see that, Kimberley, from time to time? Dogs that have overheated? We do, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Not, not so much in winter. Most people are pretty... Um, good about you know acknowledging which dogs do and don't need coats but oh yeah we see certainly lots of um heat stress in dogs okay yeah (laughs) and there there is even with exercising so if your dog is wearing a jacket even if it's not one of these breeds that you know it has a lot of coat if you're taking it running or walking Mm -hmm. just be aware of things that could be happening so if you see the dogs panting a lot Mm -hmm. um you know or if it's you know rubbing or pulling at its own you know the jacket to try to to relieve itself of that just watch for those things obviously the other thing too if you notice that there's any red redness around the dog um, or any sores you know make sure you're not putting that jacket back on you don't want to 
um, create a problem there. Um, make sure the jacket isn't too tight as well. So if they're wearing one, that it's you know not not too snug. How far the how far down does the jacket need to come? Because my husband's brought Gizzy's um, jacket the last few years, and it fits fine around the arms. It's not chafing or anything, mm-hmm. but, but he's still got quite a lot of rump exposed. And I'm, I'm saying, Sean, that's not long enough, and he's he's claiming that it is. Okay. But so Sarah, one of the things with the the length of the jacket is we need to make sure, particularly with the male dogs, that they're not going to urinate on the mm. jacket. So if it is too long, it's going to end up with wee on that jacket. So you've got to watch where their bits are and how long <laughs> yes. that jacket is. Yes, okay. <laughs> and there are some, um, you know, little jackets out there that really aren't appropriate. So you need to make sure you're getting the right one. Um, the other thing is, when, like your little Gizzy, when he is wearing a jacket, you need to take it off, Sarah, every day. And you need to brush your dog because one of the problems that we get is the jacket compresses the dog's coat Mm -hmm. and there's also friction when the dog is moving and that will actually mat the dog. So when you take him to get groomed, the groomer is going to say, "Uh aha, we cannot go long with him. He has to be short because his coat is matted. So taking the coat off, giving it a really good brush. The other thing that that's going to do, it's going to let the air get to the skin, which keeps the skin nice and healthy because if you've got that compacted coat, we really do end up with, you know, quite a few problems. So take the coat off, give him a brush, pop it back on and everything should be fine. Good advice there. Yes, I have been taking it off and I have been brushing. You'll be very happy to know. That is excellent. Yeah, yeah. he seems very happy. He's still cold, though. He still sneaks up and gets in the yeah. legs at night in bed. But look, if you give a dog a comfortable, you know, somewhere out of drafts is really important, but, you know, comfortable bedding, they're usually quite fine inside. Well, Gizmo, you're not getting any better than my bed, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Until I upgrade, you're not upgrading. Good advice. Now, we're taking your calls, 49216216. We'll be back shortly. And, Kimberly, we are looking at is it flea season? This is Newcastle. Every season uh-huh. is flea season. Okay, a bit like our cockroaches. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay, we'll talk about that. As- Dr. Kimberly Earl, we're talking fleas today. Now, apparently, in Newcastle, all year round Every is, flea day is flea season. Yeah, so we're in a climate here where um, there's nothing cold enough to kill fleas. Um, and in fact, although people would say that, that winter is a low flea season, it's actually probably higher than summer because the oh. eggs... Um, are going to last a lot longer in a cooler, more damp environment. So the thing that's really important about fleas is we have to remember they've got multiple different life stages. What you see on your pet is just the adult fleas, and they comprise about 5% of the total population in your local environment. So if you've got five fleas on your dog, that's only 5% of the flea problem or flea infestation you have in in your home environment. Um, the other stages are the eggs, so obviously fleas lay eggs. The eggs hatch out into pupae. The pupae are um, pretty resistant in the environment, as are the eggs. And then the pupae develop into nymphs, um, and from the nymphs then they jump onto the dog and they become adult fleas. Um, and so interestingly enough, a single flea, a single female flea, can lay 50 eggs in a day, Okay, I think obviously a female, wow. um, which means that over the course of 60 days, two months, a single flea can turn into an infestation of 20,000 fleas in your home environment. That is a lot of fleas. And what's the percentage of eggs that survive once hatched? Do you Um, know? Well, quite a lot. So they can lie dormant for four to six months in your environment. And so this is why people bring bring me their pets and they say, we've been trying to get rid of these fleas for weeks and weeks and we can't seem to do it. And I always tell people getting rid of fleas is never a quick 
are never a quick job um, because those eggs that are lying dormant in the environment you just you can't make them hatch and you can just about not kill the eggs themselves um, you have to wait for them to hatch out and you've got to keep your pet then covered during that entire period so if you've got hundred thousand eggs in your environment and a few of them are hatching out every month um, and hopefully no new eggs are being laid it's still going to take you four to six months to get rid of all of those eggs in the environment hatching out into to until they get to a life stage that we can kill with our normal um, either pet insecticides okay. or in the house. Okay? So persistence is key. Persistence is key, absolutely. So just because you've used something on your pet and you think, oh, it's not working, it really will have to do with how many you know we're in the environment to start with. Um, but it's the other reason that looking at your dog and saying, oh, there's just one or two fleas here, I won't bother this month about putting something on them, that's going to be a major problem for you in a couple months down the track because it doesn't take very long at all. It only takes two to three weeks for a flea to complete its entire life cycle. So it doesn't take very long for those two to three fleas that you're seeing on your pet to turn into a major problem. Um, and definitely prevention is always better than cure. So get your pet on something really something good there's so many new good products these days that are very safe very effective very convenient one month tablets three month tablets um there has seemed to be things. a lot of new ones come out there's recently some really well. great new products absolutely um and despite some of the um stuff you find on social media they're actually really quite safe um you know they're, they're really good they come in a variety of different sizes you just need to know what the weight of your dog is and you pick them up some of the older generation products in, in you know years gone past we were used to putting liquid top spots on our pets Um, and they're still there and they're still available but because the fleas are so rapidly um, reproducing they do have some resistance in some of those older generation products so people who have been using um, some of the the top spot products for years and years and years um, you know we definitely report people saying that they're just not getting the same efficacy that they used to and and it's known I mean the researchers they um, you know they have fipronil resistant fleas that they test new drugs on these days fipronil used to be the most fantastic drug um, but now they have fipronil resistant fleas that that we can see and we right so that does happen obviously absolutely yeah because they have such a quick life cycle so they're not their life cycle not quite as quick as bacteria but you know everybody knows about bacterial resistance with antibiotics but with the fleas it's still happening and it's not quite as quick but it's certainly there and out and about so you know if you have any questions about flea control for your pet and whether what things are suitable for them obviously um, give your local vet clinic a call or go in and, and get your pet in so you can weigh them because um, the other thing that can happen is if you think your dog is 10 kilos um, but he's maybe 14 kilos and you dose him just to 10 kilos, you may not get a, a really good um, kill off of your fleas as well. And um, Kimberly, what about people that have cats in mm-hmm. the in the family as well? Is yeah. there still certain um, flea treatment that will be harmful for cats? Absolutely, yep. So it's really important um, that if you have a flea infestation in your house, first of all, every pet in your house needs to be treated. That's cats, that's dogs, and that's rabbits if you have rabbits as well. Ah. Um, and you do probably need to treat your environment to a certain degree so, you know, flea bombing and vacuuming, things like that, and as much as you can outside as well. Um, but it's really, really important that you treat your pets with an appropriate drug. So there are definitely some um, products out there on the market still that are not safe for cats. And we've had a, a flea, um, a pyrethrin toxicity in a cat not even two weeks ago um, in our practice. Wow. Um, so, okay. so do- 
dogs, uh, cats are not small dogs, is the, the phrase that we always like to use in veterinary medicine. Cats are not small dogs. You can't put dog products on cats. It must say that it's suitable for cats or you will kill your cat. Wow. Or you could kill your cat. Sure. Um, really important. Same with um, rabbits. So the Fipronil that used to be so fantastic for um, dog and cat fleas, and it's not my favorite product anymore. I don't think it works that well for fleas, um, but it's toxic to rabbits. So if you were to put that on a rabbit, uh, you're going to get into trouble. So there aren't uh, licensed products for rabbits as such, but certainly speaking to your veterinarian, there are um, lots of products that are widely known. They're off-label still, but they're widely known to be safe for rabbits, so you need to speak to someone about that. And people with young families, mm -hmm. um, is there a concern that the flea treatment can be harmful for babies that might be sharing the environment or, or, or anything like that? Not so much these days. Like I said, a lot of our clients tend to go to some of the systemic oral treatments these days just because they are so fantastic and uh, they're affordable, they're safe, and they're very, very effective. Um, with the, the Top Spot products, if you are still using them, most of the time you're just going to want to keep your babies, you know, you wouldn't want to be letting your baby rub up against the, the cat or dog if you've just put it on, because they'll have a greasy sort mm. of pat. But after about 24 hours that product should be soaked into the skin. It's not going to cause a problem. Um, the one thing I was going to say is, is that fleas can carry um, zoonotic diseases. So we have to remember that fleas carry tapeworm um, in the dog and cat. So it's usually the oh, cat yes. flea that we're seeing. I mean, we don't tend to speciate with whether your dog has cat fleas or dog has dog fleas, but most of them are cat fleas statistically, um, but they can carry diseases. So Bartonella hensilae is a bacteria that can cause sickness, cat scratch fever, um, and that can be carried by fleas. And the other one is um, the dipolidium um, tapeworm that can cause um, problems in, in humans as well. So, you know, it's not just a matter of itching on the skin and, and bites. And fleas can bite humans. They don't tend to, um, they won't sort of complete their life cycle and live with human, you know, on humans, but they certainly can bite you. Yes. And I've certainly seen lots of people where they, they come in and the children's legs are covered in little flea bites, which is pretty itchy until you get, you know, it's kind of a yucky thought. Yeah, it's too. awful. Yes, yes, <laughs> it's definitely. kind of a yucky thought. Um, so, yeah, so that's really important to, um, you know, to make sure your pets are well looked after. And small animals can absolutely have enough anemia from the blood loss of fleas with a heavy flea burden that they can die. It, it's not uncommon. Oh, wow. Young kittens, young puppies. So, so, I mean, they can be life threatening if you have a heavy burden of mm. fleas. So, um, there are products that you can use, you know, right down to probably four week old kittens and puppies, um, but you probably need need to have a, a discussion with a veterinarian about it just to make sure it is safe for them. Get onto them early and then Get onto them early, yeah. And and just be persistent, really. Um, you know, the other thing, a, a lot of the newer generation products do fleas and ticks. And this this area, we can have ticks all year round as well. So, you know, it's really worthwhile keeping your pets protected through the entire year and not taking time off through the winter. So, Kimberly, um, if you do combine the the flea and tick mm -hmm. treatment yep. um it doesn't mean that it's not doing one as well as the other that's not the case no um they're, mm -hmm. they're fantastic you can do both in one and then you they're, they're usually i mean these days the products that we like the best are and you can see them on television they've got lots of marketing going on um but you know they're, they're fantastic products a single tablet will do both sometimes i mean the one we really like is a three-month tablet and yes yeah um, you know it's so convenient because that means you can just do <laughs> that's four, what I'm four doses a year you know four doses a year it's super easy and they're very cost effective i think yeah set it in your phone when you do next and you're happy we send put it on reminders the we send oh. text message reminders to our clients How yeah yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, your dog is due in two days for its next dose. Oh, yeah. Geez, that's so. beautiful. That's great mm. customer service. And ladies, as of next week, we're going to have little videos of our dogs up as well. So oh, you can sort cute. of get an idea of their, you know, personality. personality. 
Yeah. Isn't that a great idea? But look, today I'd like to introduce Luna. Now, very gorgeous, very cuddly. She is a 10-month-old bull Arab girl. She's full of love, personality, and would make a wonderful addition to the Wright family. Now, she's very intelligent. She knows how to sit, lay, shake, and roll. Well, she's doing better than my Maltese and his, you know, <laughs> 15. No. Um, she, her favourite things to do are chasing a ball, going for a swim or a walk and playing with other dogs. Uh, Luna's ideal home would be one with an active couple because I'm guessing they need a lot of exercise. Yeah. Kimberly, you can Young wait dogs, in here. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and she does love lots of human companionship. So make sure there's someone there to give her some love. Um, she will need high fences as well of course so <laughs> yeah five mm. to six foot high fences not suitable for cats birds or small pets but if you'd like more information on luna please head to our website and have a look that's 2nurfm.com that's lovely she's pretty and guess what we do have our call today 2nurfm you're calling for pet chat yes i am oh beautiful who have we got and where are you from my name's pam and i'm from rutherford your question pam okay i have a Seven-month-old jug, yeah, across cross between a um, Jack, Jack Russell, Russell and Pug, pug. Yep. and up until two weeks before he got dissexed, which is only just recently, he was racing outside, going to the toilet, never had a problem with him, and now he's just peeing on everything inside. Oh, really? Okay. The lounge. He even cocked yeah. his leg on my husband. Oh no. That's terrible. Um, seven months old is a hard age uh, because a lot of dogs, a lot of puppies, so it's probably unrelated to the desexing. Um, although if it's only just happened, he can still have testosterone in his system for, you know, sort of three to four weeks afterwards. And so um, he may be experiencing a bit of sort of puberty hormones still happening. But seven yep. months old is a really hard age for puppies. So a lot of owners, you get your puppy to six months of age and, you know, usually the basic training is pretty good and they're starting to learn the routines. And most dogs by that point are house trained. And then it all seems to fall apart around seven to eight months of age. And that's actually pretty normal. Um, okay. It'll come back. But what you have to do is just stop, you know, um, allowing some of the privileges. So just back up in your training a little bit. Pretend that you're, you know, he's a new pup, um, younger and, and uh, not give him as many free access to the house and things like that. Um, and you may still be waiting for some of those um, hormones to get out of his system. But usually it does settle down quite a bit after they've um, sort of gotten out of that eight-month-old sort of stage. So it's, uh, I always tell puppy owners, you know, you think you've just, just about nailed it, and then seven to eight months comes along and, and puppies just fall apart for a little while. Um, it must be, you know, a bit of a teenagerish sort of pushing the limits sort of stage, and I'm sure there's a lot of developmental things. Some dogs may be anxiety-related if they've just been desexed and they've had a, a bit of a traumatizing experience, but I think a lot of times it's just a, a bit of a, you know, push the boundaries, see what we're what we're doing. So usually I find just pull it back to basic puppy training again um, and, and make sure if you are getting accidents in the house, things like that, that you're using a really good enzymatic cleaner to clean it up as well. And Pam, I'm just impressed you've still got the puppy after peeing on your husband. Oh, I tell you, you got dissexed real fast after that. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, the best of luck. We've got Robert now. Robert, how can Dr. Kimberly Earl help you this afternoon? Hi, how are you going? I'm good. We have, we have a Neapolitan Mastiff. Yep. Um, one of the largest killers of, of dogs, big dogs, is bloat. Yes, it is. Um, which is, I hope everybody understands what bloat is. It's, it's a, a very, very bad, base, yeah. bad case of stomach pains, yeah. but it fills with gas. And twists so over usually. 20% yeah. of the Neapolitan mastiffs yep. end up just claims them. Absolutely. We have a puppy that, has, that hasn't claimed her yet that we have reoccurrence of, and the scary thing is 
we can say it's food-related or over-food or mm -hmm. pork or whatever it may be, but they can get bloat when they're not eating. Absolutely, they can, yep. How do we minimise this before it claims her? Yeah, so, I mean, in our practice, we actually do prophylactic um, gastropexies for some of these bigger dogs. So um, St. Bernard's and Great Danes and potentially uh, Neapolitan Mastiffs, there's, there's certainly been a, an association with, um, we call it GDV or gastric dilatation yeah, yeah, yeah. and volvulus. Yeah, but yeah so, um, you know, I think if she's a young dog, you would um, potentially look at getting a, um, a gastropexy done, a prophylactic gastropexy. It doesn't stop the bloating in terms of the swelling of the stomach, but it means that yep. the stomach can't flip over on itself, and that's really what becomes yes, the life-threatening exactly. problem. Torsion, torsion, so, yeah, talk to your talk to your vet. Has she been desexed yet, or are you planning to desex her? She's seven years old. She She's actually seven, yeah. came to us came to us as a result, as as you would know, they the breed themselves as a high yep. high risk anaesthesia. Sure, yeah. I'm um, sorry, I'm probably talking a bit technical for for general radio, but they they don't handle anaesthetics too well, and she didn't handle um, a cesarean section and was mm. defect as a result. So she's seven now. Okay. She's a lovely puppy, but she can go from extremely happy yep. to very lethargic and bloated within two hours. Yeah, it can happen really, really quickly. And the and the um you know, having an actual volvulus where it flips over on itself and becomes a life threatening yeah. emergency can happen really quickly. Listen, I, I would still look at a prophylactic gastropexy. Obviously if she's had a rough anesthetic in the past you'd want to have some yep. history um so that we can try you know different I think anesthetic. I'm gonna have to remortgage the house to afford that. Yeah, <laughs> well it shouldn't it shouldn't be that um that dear, yeah. hopefully. But yeah, no, I definitely okay. go to your vet and have a discussion with them and and if they're not happy to do it, um, you know, look for another um, another yeah, yeah. practice that, that is happy sure. to do. There's lots in the area here that would be able to do it, no problem. Thanks for your comments. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, thanks so much for the call today. 49216216 is our number this afternoon for uh, Pet Chat. We welcome your call as always. Well, ladies, that's about almost it for us today. Thank you. We got a bit of a rush on um, phone calls right at the end there. We've done a little switcheroo. Switcheroo. <laughs> yeah. That's always the way, isn't it? That's okay. <laughs> now, what's on for the week, ladies? Uh, busy, no doubt. Oh, yeah, for me, busy, yeah. Mm. Yep, I am too. Working Beautiful. and, yeah. Lovely. Hopefully the rain passes. Well, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. We're expected some showers. Well, let's do a weather update together, ladies, for our sponsor, the Hunter Group Maitland, for the Subaru, Honda, Volkswagen, and the Isuzu Ute. We might see a shower or two later on. We also might see a shower tomorrow and Friday and into the weekend also, which is a bit of a bugger. Mm, yeah, I've had enough rain. <laughs> Well, in the farm we haven't yet. We're, oh, really? we're a little bit dry still. Okay. The tanks still need a little bit of rain, but that's okay. We'll go without I if we need to. I can't park in the backyard of the practice because it's just soggy. <laughs> you don't want to slip over. No, that's no. right. All right. Thank you so much for your time today, ladies. Don't forget 49216216 this time next week. You can also catch this program as a podcast via our website at 2NURFM.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>